All right, welcome to another episode of D and Debates, where we sit down and argue about who has the best opinions about Dungeons and Dragons. Today's episode will be covering Unearthed Arcana, which, if you are not familiar, is a set of articles that Wizards of the Coast publishes in order to send new content into the ether, get it play tested, and then get their feedback back on it. It's something they've been doing since the beginning of D&D 5th edition, and we've concocted some questions to, uh, to find my debaters' opinions on it. Uh, I am Scott Gilman, and I will be moderating today. I'm Corey Lee. I will be debating today. Uh, I'm Jake uh, Simmons, and I guess I am also debating today. I'm Amanda Sharkey, and I'll also be debating with the gardener outside of the leaf blower. Sorry about that. All right. Um, so as you know, the structure of this show, we will have three questions, two of which the debaters have heard ahead of time. Um, uh, each of these questions uh, will have a set of rounds, opening statements, chaos round, and final statements. During the chaos round, people will be able to respond to each other. Um, during the uh, third question, uh, the third question, none of the debaters have heard. Um, I will uh, posit it to them uh, without any preparation, um, and we will just follow the will of the dice for who goes first. With all that out of the way, you all ready to start? Yeah. All right, perfect. Question one. For me, new subclasses and character options are some of the most exciting options presented in the Unearthed Arcana articles. However, not every subclass is met with a favorable reception, and novel concepts like the Seeker, Warlock, or Onomancy Wizard aren't developed further and fall into the dreaded realm of dead UA. Tell me a dead UA subclass that you think was criminal to kill. Act as though I am a lead rules designer at uh, Wizards of the Coast who has the capability to resurrect just one dead UA subclass and tell me why yours should be the pick. Uh, I will roll a d6 going clockwise on my screen. Jake, you are up first. Uh, for this question, I will give you a minute and Let's get fancy with it. 40 seconds. Oh, wow. Nice. I thought you were saying just a minute, and I got really scared. <laughs> I'll be like, go for it. Look, go for speed racing. Um, all right, yes, I shall start. Um, I am going to argue for the uh, giant soul sorcerer. Uh, now, I'll start with the, uh, we all know one of the biggest weaknesses of a sorcerer wizard is they're easy to kill. And you know, Scott, I know you love having high con. Well, this, this subclass gives you the opportunity to be a kind of um, tanky sorcerer. I, there's a way of getting like 150 hit points by level 14 or something, which is pretty good for a sorcerer. But that's not the main reason I'm fighting, uh, arguing for this, is I think that the new subclass should spice things up and kind of give an opportunity that isn't already in the game. And with this one, it's not just a subclass, but it's also a multi-path subclass. Like you can attune yourself to a specific giant type, which will give different spells and different effects that kind of combo with each other. Uh, and it means you can just play it over and over again. It never gets old. I mean, and some of the combos that you can get with it are pretty cool. Like if you go with the hill giant one, you can become gargantuan at level 18. Um, and with the cloud giant one, you can make a fog cloud teleport into it and like be a ninja. Um, but you know, and also kind of lore-wise giants in a lot of games are kind of this ancient race that walks the world before humans. So that would be kind of cool to have like a connection to that. And if not, that's still fine. And I think it's just very, very unique. Uh, and I think it would uh, give something to the sorcerer class that is currently lacking. Um, very compelling points. I liked that you uh, fed into my high con bias. Uh, let's see who's going next. Amanda, we're at you. Perfect. So here's the thing. I want to clarify as a start that I'm not all familiar with UA. And I don't think any of us are here, which is going to make for a fun debate. But one thing I do know is 
playtesting and the game iteration process. And that's what I'm here to argue for, why I'm here to argue for the Bard College of Satire. Now, this is a subclass, which at first I had a double check was still UA because I've heard of it so much. I've seen it played online before. I'm like, oh, that's a thing, right? It's been published. And I believe it was published in an older edition that's, and they kind of brought it back in a UA about revisiting older things. But I'm like, it's so common. People want to play a roguish jester-like bard. I've seen online artists draw, who draw like their bard OCs or bard characters. And a lot of them are cool jester themes. And I think mechanically it is very balanced. It's sound, has a lot of cool, unique abilities that both tie in to bards and bardic inspiration while also giving it uh, them new abilities and new things to do. It's not too powerful, not too weak. It is just right. It's already been iterated a few times from older editions. It is ready to go. You know, lead designer Scott, first of all, I want a job. Can I send you my resume after this? Uh, this is a perfect class to bring in. The community wants it. It is game ready. People already play it. People are already trying to play it, recreate it. It is a flavorful thing that Chester, that sort of edgy bard. It is in this day and age of D&D, that is such a desired thing. People already flavor their characters, their bards and their rogues to fit this archetype. I think it is perfect. It's flavorful, fun, fantastic. College of Satire, go for it. All right. Um, again, almost at time, well-timed. Uh, and Corey, bring up the rear. Some good arguments made so far. Let's see what you have. All right, Scott. Uh, I have got a pitch for you. Let's do some role play. All right, this is D&D. We're used to role play. Okay, I'll set the scene. We're on an elevator. You're on an elevator. Door opens. I walk in. Ding. Oh, hey, sir. How are you? Hi. Uh, I'm doing well. How about you? I'm good. I've just been working on a few things. Ding, doors close. Uh, I reached for the buttons. Which floor? Third. Third. I pressed third. Yeah, you know, I've just been working on some UA stuff. Actually, I've been doing some digging, and I found a subclass that might be worth reviving. Would you mind if I ran it by you real quick? Uh, yeah, go ahead. I mean, we can set an office meeting for this. Well, we're here. What else are we going to do? It's for the Scout Fighter. Now, the thing with the Scout Fighter is that it's a very interesting subclass that blends a very Ranger-like flavor into a fighter that focuses on ranged attacks. It's perfect for any player who wants to have a truly Legolas-like character in their party, and D&D sorely needs more subclasses that cater to archers, because while Arcane Archer is viable in its own right, it relies more on magic than just being a good ranged martial fighter. It's also a great subclass for multi-classing out of and into because of its strength at early levels. And what's more, it's a very simple subclass that new players could easily pick up and play well. Ding, the door's open. Well, this is my floor. I walk out. Hopefully we can get somewhere with that UA, but for now, have a great day. The ding, elevator doors close. You go to your office and immediately get working on the, bringing the scout fighter back to life. How did you somehow do like a whole scene and your pitch was still 20 seconds shorter than the other people's? Because this actual pitch for the class was Because like it's weak seconds. and it lacks strength. It's not a strong <laughs> argument. I'm ready to go fight for, uh, fight for Satire Bard and shit on Scout Fighter. With that, I think that's the right tone we want to set. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm, I'm here to throw hands today. I'm here to win and I'm here to throw hands. Around six minutes. Go ahead. Um, well, I'd like to We're... just start by demolishing the scout. Um, oh, scout, scout is so, broken. Like, uh, just let me read for you the one sentence flavor text for this subclass. The archetypal scout excels at fighting finding safe passage through dangerous regions. Scouts usually favor light armor and ranged weapons, but they are comfortable using heavier gear when they face with intense fighting. That it's is so literally a ranger. That is literally a ranger. Look. And its only ability that is unique is literally natural okay. explorer. Which I, rangers have the I exact have, same thing. I agree with Jake. Also story time. Fun fact, while ago, I was playing, I think I was running a one shot for my school's club and I had my players ask me, hey, do you allow UA in your game? And I'm like, oh, it depends. What do you want to play? And they're like, scout fighter. So I look it up and I'm like, oh, absolutely not. This thing is broken. Those third level abilities, the superiority dice abilities, insane. The fact that you can apply them after you make the roll, but like before you know the result, that is broken. That is a high level ability when you have like um, certain, uh, you know, you can add dice to things, to checks and attack rolls or AC things. Being able to do that after the roll is made, that is so overpowered. 
like once you know the AC, like um, just it tackles an AC, it's so broken. That is not a balanced thing they can just throw into the game right now. I mean, if, if we're talking about overpowered, let me tell you the third level uh, satire ability. As a bonus action, you gain the benefits of a dash and disengage. You gain climbing speed equal to your current movement. You take half damage from falling. You could do this every single turn. That so, is the best mobility okay. feature in the game. It, it, the reason why, yes, it's a really good ability for the level, but it's it's balanced out by the fact that Bardic Inspiration is also a bonus action. So there's yeah. weight, there's balance to it. It's also very situational. Um, you don't you don't always want to use a bonus action for this thing. Yes, it's a really and great option if you've already used Bardic Inspiration or a bonus action or already cast a spell. Uh, I mean, what is the flavor of it? You literally just do like roly polies around the place. I mean, I think the biggest. Oh, you want to talk about flavor? In this satire, in is college of satire. Horrendous lack of flavor in the subclass. Oh, it is oh I'm sorry. It is, I'm oh. Excuse me? Okay. Fool's Insight oh, at sixth level. If a creature resists your attempt to probe deeper and succeeds at a saving throw, because you get to cast Detect Thoughts a number of times per day. Um, it immediately suffers an embarrassing social gap. It might loudly pass. It might only pass pass gas, unleash a thunderous burp, trip and fall, or be compelled to tell a tasteless joke. Oh yes, so edgy as you said. Uh, pass gas and that thunderous it's, burp. It's the jester. It's that jester it would, character. That, it's like a jester's this, this, this would be fun in like a one shot, but after a campaign, that would get so old as you're just going around and you see every just you're just having. You want to play a comedian bar? This is a comedian bar. You want to play a but jester, you can be comedic bar? without making NPCs fall. That's over the, the flavor place. of it. It's a, that's the flavor of the bar. Think about that flavor. It's very niche, and I do agree with Jake that it, it does feel kind of one shotty. That you're like, yes, it is very like you know funny you're playing a jester if that's what you want to do go for it but like i feel like that's something that could get old pretty quickly and let me just defend what y'all said about the scout look as far jake as it being flavored as a ranger uh, and having very little to no flavor text and being boring look the the skills speak for itself okay like i said yeah maybe it is a little bit simple but everything that the scout has is is pretty much like i mean you you get what you get right and it, in the ter in terms of it being a flavored as a ranger, plenty of other subclasses flavored towards being like others. It, 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 it doesn't takes even the worst it, part about being a ranger and then uses that. It is doesn't that even, even bring. Cool then why is it OP if it takes it, so if it's so bad with this? Flavor wise, I, I didn't, I didn't say flavor wise, it's it's bad mechanically. It it's OP. It doesn't even bring a new subclass name. There is already a scout, the Rogue Scout. D&D already does yeah, that, That's why it can't okay? be brought back. It's not, okay, for the purpose of this argument, it is not publisher-ready. It needs work, it needs revision, it needs balance, it needs flavoring, renaming. It is not ready to, you know, it can be like, hey, Jeremy Crawford, time to publish the scout. Can't do it. Um, also, real quick, with Giant Soul Sorcerer, it's fine. I think it's definitely a lot, has, it's better than Scout for sure. And the only problem with that is like no one's really, no one really wants, is like really looking for it besides the power players who want to make a beefier sorcerer. Um, well, no, it's got, what it does is it, when it, it gives you these spells, depending on your giant thing, that no other subclass does that. And you get your own, you get Rune a nice ability Rune to go Rune off every time. Rune Rune it's it's Rune just Rune a Rune Okay, but that's a different subclass. The sorcerer doesn't have this option. All right. Okay. So I also, so, okay. It's just not what the players really want. It is just, I think people are going to take the most part to get the mechanical boost of being the beefier sorcerer. Um, whereas my, like, I know people, like, this is uh, UA, this is, they're playtesting subclasses and material to give to the players, what the players want to add to their games. College of Satire players want it, players already use it. I haven't even heard of Giant Soul Sorcerer until you're like, that doesn't matter. I don't think that is. about one minute left on uh, our chaos round. I would like uh, to hear um, something specific, uh, two specific things addressed. Um, firstly, on the on the topic of uh, the ability to apply the superiority dice uh, after you've seen the attack roll, that mimics the Battlemaster's precision attack ability. Those That is an existing balance of the fighter. Um, and then second, uh, 
Oh, yes. Second, the other thing was uh, I would like to see uh, touched on that the Rune Knight actually developed out of the giant soul sorcerer after there was feedback saying um, it should be a fighter. Oh, Which man. I don't necessarily agree with, necessarily, but I want to oh, see. I agree with that. I think it should be a, I think it should definitely be a sorcerer, or, I mean, you could have a fighter version and a sorcerer version, because this sorcerer Ooh. version is built around, at least at the lower levels, is built around the spells. Like, whenever you cast Firebolt, if you, you go as what? a fire giant, you deal extra damage equal to your con okay. modifier. You know what yeah. this reminds me of? It was a, a giant sorcerer. Reminds me of a land druid. It's very similar to how land druids work, and they kind of suck. I don't if think it's similar to a land based of, but the, um, You get certain spells based on what terrain you choose, you know, like whatever giant type, and then some extra abilities with that. I stop. I don't know exactly. I stopped playing a land druid because they sucked, and this is sort of similar to that. Um, I mean, and I do agree. There's a reason why they turned it into the rune knight. It just makes a little more sense. Um, no one only wants to be like, oh, my source's origin is giant. There's so many cooler options out there for Why? Sources. I mean, that's up to the player to decide. That's... I mean, some people prefer Cthulhu if they're a warlock, some people prefer a devil. It's up to the player's choice. And I think the, I don't know, I think Giant is cool. I would do it. Um, I mean, if you don't, and I mean, if, we, if we're saying it sucks, I think the Jester actually, I did mention it had this one OP ability, but its other abilities, especially its 14th level ability, is That's the such most a cool under, ability. It is the most underwhelming shit I have ever seen. The it's 14th level ability. You expend a dice, you add to whatever roll, and then the DM punishes you later on. I mean, yes, there's flavor, it's but it is so, so cool. weak. It is it's so a, weak. I think it's a finely balanced ability. There's you know, there's less powerful 14th level abilities, there's more powerful 14th level abilities. It's not about what's the most mechanically optimal subclass to publish, it's what's balanced. I love Fool's Luck so much. It's so cool. It's feels it just feels right. And people want to play a comedic but also sort of dark roguelike bard. Let's move into the final statements now. Anyone can take it in whatever order they choose. I'll go. So the point of UA, the point of putting playtest material out there is to gauge what the players want, what the players like. It's to balance and to, you know, eventually put out material that players will buy and purchase and want to have and will enjoy. I think the Contest Satire Bard fills out a niche of Bard that people, that audiences, especially in D&D 5e, really want. Like I said, I've seen people who've already designed sort of jester-like Bards before and who I've seen, I, I again, I thought this was already a thing because I've heard, of it, heard about it so much, people, players want to play it. Even though it's not the most mechanically optimal, I think it's balanced. It's, it's uh, you know, good among the ranks of other subclasses already out there. Players will want to play it. They will buy material, they'll buy source books and material and go in D&D Beyond and they'll purchase the College of Satire Bard subclass because they're gonna want to play it. It is fun, it's flavorful, it's unique. It's both integral to the, it, you know, builds off the bar while also getting new abilities. It, Published Call to Satire Bard with Slip the Coast, please. Oh, yeah, okay, I guess I'll go. Um, I think uh, when, if we're adding a subclass from another kind, I think it should be bring something fresh for the class that it's going under. And I think it should be flavorful. And I think that's exactly what the giant soul sorcerer is. I mean, this is, I mean, the scout. Uh, I mean, if you want to be an archer fighter, be arcane fight, uh, arcane archer. If you want to be someone who is good at exploring, be a ranger. Uh, and the satire bards, I mean, you can be a funny bard and not be a satire bard. That's kind of the point of hideous laughter, Tasha's hideous laughter, or whatever it is. You don't need to be this idiot who rolls around making people fart, which I don't think lots of people want to play. And I think it would get old very quickly. Um, but my the, what my one provides opportunities that a sorcerer hasn't had before. Um, you can go down all those different routes of these different giant types. And yes, there might be a rune knight that's similar, but that's a fighter. Sorcerer is very different to a fighter. And you might want to be a magic caster. Um, yeah, that's my spiel. Okay, um, I'll say this about the flavor of the scout. Uh, Amanda, you may not like this word, but I'm going to say it malleable okay in terms of flavor when i read it granted this flavor text 
it's not big, not nearly as the fucking novel that is the College of Satire, but like when I read it, I was like, oh, Legolas. Uh, and that's if if you can immediately envision a character in your head from just reading one like two sentences of of uh, of the description, then that's enough flavor that, that you need. And in terms of it being so ranger like, it's not a novel concept for subclasses in D and D to be modeled towards being similar and taking uh, taking uh, you know traits from other classes. Eldritch Knight, I think. I think of. Uh, you know, uh, Path of the Wild Soul Barbarian that doesn't just take flavor from a uh, class and sorcerer, but a subclass of the wild magic sorcerer, right? Uh, and, you know, in ter- there's already a scout ranger, you say, well, guess what? There's already a giant-based uh, subclass, it's just got a different name. So in, in terms of all of those things, I think it's, Scout is a very viable thing to resurrect. It's not really that OP. I'm sure if you play tested it more, you'd realize it's balanced. And it's really good, like I said, for beginner players and people who want a martial archer instead of just some, you know, magic arrow weaving uh, fighter, which I've played and I like. But you, get, you gotta have this. You gotta have this. All right. Some very strong arguments on uh, round one. Um, moving on to question two. We all have new things we want to introduce to Dungeons and Dragons. Um, go ahead and continue my role from the previous questions and pitch me the next Ar- Unearthed Arcana that you want to put out. Remember that Unearthed Arcana articles are not just one piece of material, but rather a collection of options that can include spells, character options, backgrounds, feats, races or lineages, and more. Tell me the theme of your your UA and why we at Wizards should publish it. I will roll the dice now, um, excluding people from the slot they already went in. Corey, you will be going first. Okay. Uh, Fair warning, this isn't nearly as theatrical as the last question, but I'll try my (laughs) best. Uh, so my UA that I'll be presenting is what I like to call the specialist options. Uh, the theme is, uh, as I describe it, making characters that are geared towards combining mastery of both close combat and simple ranged weapons in order to create a lethal damage dealer with the flavor of characters like John Wick, Black Widow, or any of the Kingsman characters in a high fantasy setting. Uh, it will include a few feats that emphasize and strengthen grappling, improvised weapons, weapon expertise, and one that I think could be cool to inter- include fighting while prone and getting out of prone. Um, I have two ideas for subclasses. One could be the way of specialist monk, uh, who uses their key points to sort of uh, bolster their own attacks and give them, you know, levels of agility that would make the uh, close combat easier. Uh, and that, as well as the Specialist Rogue, uh, that idea kind of fitting well into the uh, mechanics of that class. I also have a background I call Magister, because Master doesn't sound as cool if it's not in Latin, uh, which basically gives you uh, Dex ability of choice, uh, Charisma ability of choice, extra set of clothes of choice, and any common language and any exotic language of your choice. Overall, the specialist options will bring an entirely new flavor to D&D and can only begin to be replicated by what is already in the game. With these new additions, the breadth of character increases and the modes of combat and character creation in D&D can diversify even more. Uh, Let's be real here, who wouldn't want to play as High Fantasy John Wick? All right, good stuff. Could you repeat the theme? I missed that. Like the whole theme or just the name of it? The name would be fine, either mind. Uh, specialist options. John Wick type characters, blend of melee and uh, ranged. Very cool. Um, definitely a fantasy. Lots of people try to emulate in D&D, but it's difficult to do so. Um, let's see. Uh, Amanda, you went second last turn, right? Okay. So Jake, you will be going second this turn. Goody, goody. goody. How long do you have? Um, we, so I forgot to time Corey, but I think that was around a minute and 30. Minute and 30, that is fine. Um, yeah, so the, my, my issue, it it would be a pretty dark issue. I think, I think it's good to stay with kind of current times and to make something fun out of kind of shitty situations. So this kind of theme would be kind of, uh, plague and things like that. <laughs> I don't know what's so funny, but yeah. I'll continue. <laughs> I it's definitely going to be a for a darker setting. This, but I think there's a somewhat a lacking material for a darker setting. 
Um, so there would be a new cleric subclass called like Plague Doctor, um, who would specialize in curing and ministering disease, maybe has like potions of uh, enhancing abilities and such things like that. Uh, I'd also add uh, rules for various diseases. Uh, I think, I don't know if there's any, any rules and if there is, then I would make more. So you could have diseases, uh, fantasy or real from, I don't know if you want to throw in leprosy or swamp foot. I mean, I made up that last one. Uh, and you kind of, you could throw in a short adventure. I don't know if that's typical of these, but you could call it like the black death where the party has to go around and investigate a disease that has broken out the city and try and stop it. It'll be kind of like a, a mystery. Um, and you could add spells that are kind of disease based like ghastly fumes, plague, bring out the dead, um, I'm kind of going through this fast. And you can have playable races such as um, the zombie or like a fancy creature called the diseased, stuff like that. I think I'm out of time. Yes, just about. Um, all right, some very interesting, very different options so far. Um, Amanda, let's see what you have for us. All right, we want a, an Arthurcon that's going to bring in something like mechanics we haven't seen before and players will want to have and want to use. And I want to do something, you know, a big theme for me has been cowboys, specifically cowboy cooking. So with this UA, I am bringing in uh, the food and cooking unearthed arcana. Uh, first of all, we're going to get some subclasses in there, like a druid like circle of agriculture, specifically growing plants that are edible for food and consumption, possibly like a wizard school of dietetics, something like that. But most importantly, I want to see magical ingredients. Um, I want to see feats like Iron Stomach, where you can, where you're like immune to any natural poison or toxin that you consume. I want rules for cooking with potions. If I want to turn my health potion into a loaf of bread, I want to be able to do that. I want to cook with potions. Um, I also want to do things, I want to brew my own potions. This is also for brewing uh, potions and poisons as well. Anything consumable and edible will go in here. It's no longer going to be limited to like an alchemist artifice or some witchy brew type. Cooking and eating should be for everyone in D&D. It is a mechanic that has not yet been explored in any officially published thing. I think this will encourage players to find other, these kind of unique off, um, ways to support the party. Um, what can I say? I, oh, also it's a great opportunity to promote the D&D cookbook. Sort of the marketing team will like that as well. And I want a cooking themed UA. All right, um, just at time, perfect. All right, so let's, some very, very compelling, very different UAs so far. I do not have an opinion yet, and I'm excited for this chaos round. Um, whenever you are ready, I'll give you around six minutes. I'm disappointed in y'all. First, Corey, you can play Fantasy John Wick right now. It's not that hard. Name to me the anyway. build. Name me the build. I not at the top of my head, but Fair I know enough. you can. Fair enough. Um, all okay. that really offers, earthly offers, is like, hey, people who want to mechanically optimize combat, weapon-based combat. Here you go. It's not something new. People have already been, you know, power gaming and min-maxing for a while. Here's just like an official way to do it. Uh, here's what I have to say. Here's what I have to say to that. Here's what I have to say to that. Mm -hmm. I my goal with this UA is not to optimize combat per se, but to sort of diversify it and give you more options you can do. Like the feats I mentioned, I mean, I haven't fleshed them out. I haven't written all these individual feats, but like the one that I think would be cool if you had a feat, like if you were if someone had just knocked you prone, right? You could use this feat to do some sort of physical maneuver where you get up from prone and knock whoever knocked you prone prone. A lot of prone in there, but you get what I'm saying. Like, uh, like these are things that I would like to add that wouldn't really make anyone stronger. It would just give the flavor that I'm kind of going for with this close quarters combat. Um, but yeah. Okay. Um. I don't think it's new flavor though. At one point you said it's we're bringing an entirely new flavor to D and D. I think people have been playing sort of master specialist, almost like assassin type, specialist fighter types for a while. It's just a trope I mean, you can kind of apply to any, you know, cooking, um, cooking with potions is class. not a new thing. Like people have been homebrewing that shit forever. I've done it, 
and it's actually fun to homebrew that. I kind of like following my own rules uh, in that regard. I'm just, I'm it's just saying. You can say that about anything in d, &D I know, but though. I'm just saying your idea is not wholly original either. Nothing is going to be wholly original. That's, it's, Dean's been around for a while. Homebrew is a big thing. Um, I think my, like, it just, it's not a mechanic that already exists in the game and having a standardized mechanic for it could be fun. It's kind of neat, you know, so ship combat specific. at one point. It's so specific. Like, if someone doesn't like being a cook, they're just going to look at this and they're going to chuck in the bin. And you, Scott, as, as the lead designer, whatever, you want, you want an after kind of that will sell. This will not sell. There is not supply. There is not demand for this. It will crash. And oh, it will you want to talk about not selling? Um, ape, the plague-based UA uh, and would. disease and contagion? There is an audience for that, definitely. I think there's a bigger audience for that than being a cook. Like, yours has such little breath. A few years I mean, ago, yes. I think, I think, I guess it depends on who you are, but making something fun out of something that sucks can be kind of fun. And I mean, you are not going to put in rules for like social distancing or anything. <laughs> I think, because <laughs> I think that's just too far. But it's something that is lacking. Like there, there are no rules for diseases. I don't, I don't know if Scott the Guru here knows if there's any official uh, that's not true, but continue. Okay, well, whatever. Um, we can expand those. Are there, are there rules for how to cook with potions? I don't know. Maybe with an alchemy kit. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's the point. Yeah, alchemy but kit. this is no longer... With the herbalism kit. Or the herbalism kit. But it's, a, it's what I'm introducing is, you know, kind of formalizing these mechanics so that it encourages, like, hey, you don't have to be a specific niche type of character to cook if you wanted to. You always not like, hey, every game should use this. I remember, you know, way back when there was one about ships and ship combat. Not every game uses ship, cooking, like, sailing cooking, mechanics. Cooking but if you want so to use it, it's there for, it's there if you want to use I, it. I mean, I have my own homebrew rules for my game. You guys have never once even attempted to try it out. Because I, I mean, didn't know it was an option. Introducing these formal mechanics is almost also suggesting to the players, hey, we put numbers to these things. We kind of told you, here's how you could do it. Now you know it's an option, right? I'm, guess what? In in uh, our last session, I think, two sessions ago, I had my character brew up some uh, kind of like a spiced wine for the party. If I knew I could make that magical, I put good berries in there. If I knew I could make that magical besides just saying, hey, I'm going to throw everything into a pot, i do that. But here's I the want, thing. I want to cook. Here's the thing. Game. Here's the thing with why that's kind of a hard thing to make as an entire UA, right? Think about like, I mean, like the the one you just mentioned with the ship combat, like that's something you can base an entire campaign around. Like a maritime campaign is something you can have, but you can't have a cooking campaign. <laughs> like, like you can't have a. I mean. You know, a one shot where they're all like John Wick, you know, these kind of badass uh, fighter types. But it's also very specific to a character itself. And also, because I'm also bringing in uh, not just these rules, but also subclasses. I want to play a essentially a farmer druid. Oh, and speaking of subclasses, um, Plague Doctor, that's what the monk way of mercy is based around. It's the I, intended flavor of the way of mercy monk is a plague yeah, doctor. Yeah, but monks are monks. So, um, <laughs> It's a monk. So it's a all about healing. Yeah, but this no. time, what? <laughs> yes, oh, everyone thinks cleric healing. Most cleric subclasses. Clerics are healing. Anyway, know. moving on. Um, so you need to add this flavor that this subclass will uh, tie in very well with kind of the campaign setting. Um, and yes, there's, if there's a monk subclass, fine. But monks are just like, I don't know. Like, if you run this this game that would be in this Anathakana, a monk might not be fitting. But you have this kind of plague doctor with the, I don't know what the mask is called. But that goes around with his, like, tray of potions and poisons. And he has cleric spells at the same time. I mean, that's the point of... Uh, have, have you seen the Way of Mercy monk? I mean, I don't because look at the monks. I, I, I skip them. I mean, again, I've just explained why it's a cleric I'm talking about, not a monk. Okay, but no, the clerics are based in uh, divine having relations with the deity. That doesn't have to do with a plague doctor. You can have an alchemist artificer plague doctor. 
Way of Mercy Monk is a healer. Is it? I just know. I've seen a picture of the Way of Mercy, and it's a guy going around with a toga with like a glowing hand. That is not a plague doctor. Hold on, let me look up a picture. That's the wrong one. The Way of Mercy Monk is the one with the plague doctor mask and the healing abilities. I'm not like I'm not like counting it counting it against you that there is already like 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 subclasses can duplicate flavor but it's very much like the plague doctor okay i see i see what you're saying and fine but there are also already current lots of subclasses that do the same thing like they're wizard and sorcerer subclasses a lot of them do the same and there would be a difference here yes they're both flavored around this um so <laughs> plague what, doctor what aspect, new things what what new things is your ua bringing i sort of see I, I okay, I can go things. through the spells. You already sort of do that stuff I, with the feats I, I and mean, mechanics I, already involved. Jake, what new things does well, I, Plague UA offer? Well, okay, I've, I think I'd add make rules for diseases that you can carry. Um, that maybe some diseases that can't just be cured by lesser restoration because, um, yeah. Uh, and you'd also... I'm adding spells. I named a few. You'd have a spell called Ghastly Fumes that causes some target to get one a random disease. And that's pretty fun. Everyone likes random. Uh, you have a spell called Plague. I mean, you can work with that name, but it's like an AoE poison attack. Or uh, you could even add a new damage type. Um, like, um, I don't know. You could, I guess you can't really call it disease. I have to work on that. But another spell, Bring Out Your Dead. Which is uh, would bring to life any that has died of disease, and these are all spells you can give your, to your uh, plague doctor cleric. And I said that you'd uh, even have new playable races, um, maybe like um, disease, which would be some new fantasy creature that you've added. I don't know if there's already rules for a zombie. I don't think there is in any official book. Um, I would hate to play as a zombie. I mean, I don't. I mean, maybe some, people, some people, people might want it. Maybe. These are just magazines. These are just magazines. And then, so they're not entire like source books. These are meant for just like yeah, you can't put a whole adventure things. in there either. Um, but you can. I, I just mean, like explained there is an adventure to put in there. I mean, there's already so much for I, poisonous I mean, things I and just disease went a list and rot in depth. Definitely. Uh, AoE poison on. things already exist. Let's move on to the uh, final round where you all state your final opinions. I've let this go on three minutes past six minutes. Um, let's go ahead and hear the final final statements. Uh, I think for me, the biggest the biggest point I had heard I have heard against uh, the specialist options is that it doesn't really bring as many new things to the game which you know maybe that was my bad in not uh describing it well enough but like for instance i'll say a, a plan i had for the way of the specialist monk was having like a hand crossbow become considered uh, a monk weapon and that's a small thing sure but it's all it's something that i think could be very cool to introduce uh and just the general uh, like mastery of you know, weapons and the feats uh, in combat that I kind of already mentioned, that it's not something that I can really see making uh, as a character right now. Like, I play a lot of martial characters, and, like, I've looked, sure, ro like, Rogue Assassin, or, like, I mean, they're just, there's just not something that quite fits what you're looking for with the specific sort of spy, like, you know, very competent, like, protege, like, almost like prodigal like fighter and uh and that's that's kind of why i sort of brainstormed up this this ua it's because it's something that i haven't seen flavor wise and could add a lot uh diversely you know with with combat and plenty of other things so what i think the food themed ua has it offers so many new things that have mechanics that have not been introduced to the game at all options for subclasses, spells, um, magical ingredients, magic items, and new mechanics rules for cooking and brewing. It's something that is, you know, hasn't really been touched upon before. It is new. It is wanted. Introducing this is a way to encourage players to start thinking about other things they can do in game, other ways to use their skill checks, other push their characters can have, especially as support classes, possibly. Um, it no longer limits this kind of brewing kind of type to a very specific 
one or two subclasses. Um, it is, it's fun, it's new, it can be promotional if you want. Um, I want to use it, I want it, I'll homebrew it and then pitch it to wizards once I have a job there. I'm manifesting, it's fine. Okay, I guess uh, I will go. Uh, I think a new edition needs to be bring in bring in a lot of stuff that I think um, my one does. Um, I my one has new 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 subclass. I'm sure you can come up with a couple of others that I have not. Um, but yeah, have rules for diseases, have rules for some new spells, have new races. Uh, and I think it's pretty cool to make kind of go with current times. I mean, we all know we're all living in a pandemic, so it might be fun to have some kind of uh, pandemic pa pandemic based uh, campaign. And I think there's currently lacking uh, rules for that. And I think the other two that's been said are very specific, and I think would be maybe like I don't know a paragraph in the in a in a source book. Um, you and I mean I don't entirely follow follow Corey's. I mean, I kind of just see what he's going for. I think cooking is very specific, but I don't know. I think mine is mine is pretty, pretty cool. And I think there is an audience for that. All right. Uh, with that question wrapped up, let's um, go ahead and move on to question three, which uh, none of my debaters have heard yet. So, Finally, I've loved all of your lowly writerly suggestions for UAs, but I have some ideas of my own as head uh, uh, rules designer for Wizards of the Coast for what we should put out next month. For each one of you, I'm going to click this random word generator three times, and those three words are the theme of the next UA article that you're designing put together. You're, it will have to incorporate all three words. You will have five minutes to put together your pitch, which must conform to the vision that I have of these three random words. I love my own ideas equally, so convince me why your execution of these ideas I've brainstormed uh, is the best. Wow. I love how we've just transitioned into design challenges for the third question, because that, it's I like that. I can work with that. It's <laughs> mini-game time. Is this what we like designing a new one for like what we did for question two? Just with no, just an entirely an entirely new UA based on here. I'll generate I'll generate some random numbers real quick. Let me see who I'm generating first for um, Amanda. You are yeah. going to get you are going to get a UA themed around beef, shower, and poison. I mean, two of those she just did that. <laughs> she just did that. I literally just did that. Can I... Um, I'll give that one. I'll give that. Yeah, we'll we'll reroll. Beef shower. <laughs> That's a new spell. Amanda, how do you feel about uh, about developing a UA about abortion? <laughs> oh, absolutely not. I'm actually I'm vetoing that. God. No, new choice. Oh. Big word. Okay. New choice. Flesh, ground, and ballet. Oh, I like that actually. Flesh, ground, and ballet. Um, I'll give I'll give uh, Jake and Corey. You can each have two vetoes as well. Um, let me. Uh, all right, uh, Jake, rolling for you. How do you feel about applied test and guilt? Yeah, okay, I can roll with that. All right, Corey, we're on to you. Um, how about flexible swim and write? Um, yeah, write. Uh, the what? How's the third one spelled? R I G H T. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Okay, so we will pause the recording. Um, these are obviously like excellent ideas that I've just come up with, um, but you know, it's all in the execution. So pause the recording, take five minutes. Um, we'll come back and Amanda will start with flesh ground ballet. Okay, so we are back and everybody has come up with their UA pitches. 
Um, when you start giving me your UA pitch, um, go ahead and remind me which three words. I throw out just so many awesome ideas on the daily that I can't even remember. Just now I was fooling around with my awesome idea generator and we got bean as censorship, which I wish I could have given Amanda. Um, Why? Because bean dice. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Cowboy cooking. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. All right. Um, so, Amanda, I believe you have not gone first this debate. Yep, I always go first in the last round. I hate it, but here we are. Uh, how much time will I have to my complete awesome, sorry, your completely awesome idea, just the execution of your completely awesome yeah. idea. Yeah. I will give you uh, a minute and 30 seconds. Sounds um, great. That started after when you start explaining, first say which your uh, what you what which right. of my ideas you right. your amazing idea is to make a you know a kind of UA based on the words flesh, ground, and ballet. All right. Now ready. when I heard those words, I immediately knew what direction I want to take it in. It's a little niche, but some UAs are a little niche. Think about like the you know urban environments one where you have the city cleric or the technomancer. They don't have to be universal. And I heard these things and immediately went to the haunted theater, black swan, like dark ballet vibe and setting in an environment. First of all, I want to see a subclass, a bard subclass that is specifically around dance and ballerinas, especially ballerinas are insane. Their bodies are insane, their technique and their power incredible. I want to see the grace and the precision of a ballerina in a bard subclass. Also a warlock subclass whose patron is the, you know, the ghost that haunts a theater, like you say Macbeth and summons it and gets some cool powers. Maybe not that actually, it's a little tacky, you get the, you get the point. I want to see magic items like enchanted masquerade masks. I want to see spells that are, you know, more spells like Otto's Irresistible Dance, maybe with the flesh and ground, you think, I think undead, I think dark. I want to see if someone able to control undead, like you are director and these are your dancers, you're choreographing a dance. It's like a graceful, dark theme put together. Um, I, I think that the haunted theater, the haunted ballet is a very cool concept. Yes, a little niche, but it is, when it works, it works. People will want to play, will want to design characters and settings around your amazing idea. So thank you for giving me these three words. All right, uh, we're three seconds from time. You're welcome. Was very proud of myself for that one. Who hasn't gone second yet? Corey? All right. Uh, which, which idea? Uh, uh, you, the great words of flexible swim right. Uh, your words. Sage. Uh, and, and let me tell you the direction that I decided to go. Um, a little thing I like to call aquatic gymnastics, unearth arcana. So the first thing will be a playable race called Atlantean. It's kind of like a half human, half Triton. Uh, or half human, half water genasi, kind of combining the stats of both of those races uh, into a balanced sort of combination of the two. And then we've got a few feats, three feats, um, aquatic gymnastics feat, number one. We'll say like deck saves while you're underwater, you have advantage, uh, or dex checks, whatever, deck rolls. Uh, you have the gymnast feat, which... Um, I wish I thought more about, but just a bunch of flips and stuff that you can do. Probably some bolsters to your uh, your acrobatics, something like that. Uh, and the flexible feet, which basically lets you move within small spaces uh, that a character of whatever size, insert your size here, could usually not fit through, like certain dimensions of, a, of an opening in a wall or something, right? Uh, and then I have two spells. The first is called Jonathan's Flexible Right Arm, um, basically giving yourself a Mr. Fantastic Arm. It's not, it's not something uh, incredibly huge or powerful, so probably like a cantrip or a first level spell. And then lastly, we've got another spell, the Boneless Right Arm spell. It'll make you look like Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets after that Quidditch match when his arm was flipping all over the place. You can cast it on an enemy. Uh, hopefully right. it can get some use. The most unfortunate thing I've ever had to cut off. Aquatic <laughs> gymnastics UA. Wait, real quick. Good job, Scott. Who, who who's Jonathan? 
He's the guy with the really flexible right arm in the in the lore of the Forgotten Realms. <laughs> you've heard of Mordenkind and you've heard of Tasha. Now get ready for Jonathan. <laughs> All right, Jake, what you got for me? I don't know if I can follow that one up. Uh, how how much time do I have? Uh, you'll have a minute and thirty. But first, refresh me on my idea. Uh, my words were: I hope I got them right. Applied test guilt. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I've gone, I think, uh, I think then this is going to be something that happens at the beginning of the campaign. You've got some rules for um, schools and testing. And I think you have to also add rules for guilt because what a school without a steady dose of guilt. Um, uh, but basically, at the beginning of the campaign, this would be like a session zero, potentially, maybe you want to play it out. You have like four slots and your guys can pick a class, whether that's a class to get a feat or a level in a class. Um, and how well you do will depend how powerful you are at the end. So at the end, of course, you have to roll the dice um, to see how well you do on the test. Um, when you graduate, the more guilt points you picked up, the more crippling character flaws you will have um because because the educa education system is so great um but you know you're going to also have a have a student backgrounds um uh teacher backgrounds you know you're gonna have a dropout backgrounds um someone who actually did well in their classes but i don't think that many people choose that uh and then you're gonna have some subclasses you've got the bookworm subclass probably for the wizard maybe the jock for the barbarian or something maybe the nerd for i don't know whatever uh, and you got some spells, you got stress wave. I think the teachers use that at school. Um, then you got some cheat. You you instantly learn the answer to any question. You got bully. I mean, it makes Wait. someone sad. Oh, and there's a magic item called the ruler of pain. We're at time. Okay. I mean, guilt I have, definitely fits into school very well. Jake, I have one word for that, and it's just what. <laughs> Let's start the chaos around. Um, um, wh where do I start? Wow. Um, I mean, I, I like the concept of the school thing. I think your execution of it was kind of poor. Um, also, in Tasha's, you have the sort of like group, not, uh, what is it, the group patron academy already in there. So that you kind of already have school background settings although not necessarily like your you know high school stereotype has a background in there um i think that the mechanical like the the tessie in that way is a little unfair unbalanced especially when it comes down to a roll the die um cory exactly exactly <laughs> you left me speechless i don't know what to say um, yeah. I, 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 uh, I just, I, I'm sorry, I, yours, I just imagine a bunch of blue people running around a swimming pool. I don't know why. I mean, <laughs> I, I wish you included, like, I, I'm already thinking about better ways to have interpreted that. Like, I know it was already the merfolk, um, race, but like, abilities for mermaids and things and underwater combat um would have loved to see that so but, i'm already making a better version of your but i mean with your way. one where is where is flesh and ground it sounds entirely ballet so i didn't I go mean, as ground literal exists, as you I mean, guys yeah, but... flesh and ground i think it makes me think of undead it makes me think of monsters and edgy things and like, yeah, the kind of undead, haunted, uh, that's been done cabaret like theater. 50 times. The un I mean, I'm there's like, there's like five ready made adventures for that kind of thing, or more. Yeah, this I is adding more mechanics to it. There's, I don't know, there's it already sound like there's many mechanics. Schools. It just sounds like there's ballet mechanics. I want ballet mechanics. I think, I mean, have you seen ball ballerinas are fucking badass? I, I, yes, uh, but. And I think the idea of a dancing bard subclass is cool, but I don't think you're really making the most out of Scott's brilliant revolutionary idea. I think uh, you should have done more with the flesh. I don't and think ground. you are either. 
I mean, well, you only have five I want, minutes. I want I a necromancer. I want a theater-themed necromancer who, uh, you know, puts I on mean, a performance using zombies. And I want mechanics for that. I want, I want how you're going to choreograph a group of zombies to do your bidding in a graceful and elegant way. I mean, this is dancing, like, I, that, I mean, that's just dancing. I mean, I find you're using the flesh there. But, I mean, it's kind of, kind of like you're focusing on only a third of Scott's uh, ideas. Um, I'm taking the vibes of all of it. I'm building off of the wonderful stuff and evolving it into a marketable, fun product. Um, I, I think that people would hear that and be like, oh, dancing, that's pretty cool. Oh, another undead mansion that we all have to go through. I, I don't think there's already well. there's already a, an academy background thing, again, in Tasha's. I mean, that's one um, background, though. You don't have mechanics for, like, a school. Um, you don't have... No, that's what um, it's like a group patron situation. Oh, no, okay, that's not school. a school, but that's not a school. Group patron, that's Academy. like... Here's the Nobody... book. Okay, but again, that's just There's a, a great small picture thing. of some there uh, is hardly any, and they're there a cute gay couple. But there is hardly any uh, mechanics for group patron. There's just like a few like role-playing recommendations. This actually has mechanics for yeah. the beginning. Like, it's it's fun to make a joke out of a school which everyone has varying opinions of. Um, I mean, that's kind of what this is, is just kind of making fun There's of There's academy quests. Jake, oh, wow, this, this is so fun. Oh, roles, student, groundskeeper, professor, researcher, financer, expert seeker. Roles, but what does that mean? Uh, they correlate to backgrounds. Does, are there rules for those backgrounds? I mean, they correlate to pre-existing backgrounds. Okay, so, so pre-existing backgrounds, so no. Um, Jake, I'll say this okay. about, about your UA. The subclasses don't make sense to me. No, they don't. Like, you're, you're, mean, you're correlating, like, high school stereotypes with I, subclasses that you can add to the classes, but that's not... I like, mean, I guess, uh, yeah, I probably shouldn't have gone down the road, because the point of the point in school is you kind of go learn and learn the, the already existing ones. You don't go to school to learn how to become a bookworm. So I admit the subclasses, I shouldn't have attempted that. I just kind of spit that out so there. I'd, I'd like to hear more about Corey's because we've heard a lot about Amanda's and a lot about Jake's. I'd like to hear more about water aerobics. I mean, what is going on there? Can you actually explain that? Yeah, what is can, going I, on I need to elaborate This, it's, sounds, it's, this okay, sounds like, it's, a, it's like, it's sounds a, like the movie Cats and Water. I don't know why, but that's what I'm getting. I've never heard of that movie, but this Unearthed Arcana, the theme, the theme is like, how can you, how can you take the best parts about synchronized swimming and put them into D&D &D by taking some swimming aspects, like an, a new race, playable race in the Atlantean, as well as the aquatic gymnastics feat, which does add quite a, a good bit of, of uh, a dynamic, you know, combat, uh, you know, uh, mechanics to, uh, with her feet, and the sort of uh, gymnastics of it all with uh, the gymnast feet, which just sounds like it should be a thing, and the flexible feet, which I actually think is, could be very useful and fun to take. Uh, and then... Uh, <laughs> well, where's, where's the word right in the... Uh, Jonathan's flexible right arm, boneless oh right God. arm. What? Those are spells. <laughs> that okay. is not using. That is not using. That's the point. Here are some final statements. I'll go first because here's the thing. I want to say my biggest thing is I've already thought of better UAs for both of you guys. Uh, just now I thought of for Jake. I would have loved to see a warlock whose patron is knowledge itself based off, based off this idea of knowledge is power and is so fueled by greed and guilt to keep seeking and keep learning and keep getting knowledge gets you know gets magical powers derived from their pursuit of knowledge i want to i want to see you explore dark academia a little more you know you went really literal same with you cory and kind of you went so literal and didn't you kind of prioritize these base words himself instead of actually building a feasible, cool, and interesting UA. I think mine is something players would want to see, while a little niche and specific, builds off of a trope that is already beloved by nerds in general, and have potential for some really cool things, cool mechanics, new cool spells, and subclasses that both I want to see, Scott, I think you want to see, and that D&D community wants to see. Who's next? 
I'll go. Um, Amanda, you know, you kind of already addressed this, and I mean, Jake addressed it too, but it's it's a very kind of niche UA that, like, although, you know, neat in concept, is would probably not get a whole lot of use because of just kind of how specific it is. Uh, and, and kind of the only, like, kind of singular things it offers in the in the ballet and sort of the undead aspect, which uh, I also agree is kind of, uh, you know, ubiquitous already in D&D, and the undead aspect doesn't, you know, cater itself to being anything new. Uh, and then Jake, I'm, I have a hard time understanding yours. It, it doesn't feel like it caters very well to the way D&D is, like, kind of played in general. Uh, and with mine, you know, maybe it's a little bit zany, maybe it's a little bit random, but... Uh, you know, you, you can, there are a lot of cool things you can add to D&D that aren't in the, the rule books that have to do with under being underwater and, uh, you know, being flexible and swimming and right arms. So, yeah. All right. Uh, and Jake, what do you, what do you got? What do you got? Final oh, statement. Um, well, you know, I think uh, I think the point, one of the points of Arthur Connor is actually to add new things, you know. And I think uh, Man's idea adds next to nothing. I think the idea of a dancing bard is already possible. Like any bard can just dance. Um, uh, I think I think Corys does better in this. I think I, I too us I don't really know what's going on, Corys. But um, uh, I mean, Amanda's saying that she's thinking of better things. I mean, she's just adding things that could be added to this. I mean, I only need five minutes. She's already, I mean, yes, there's ob obviously more than four lines of what I've written that you could add to it. Um, and I don't know, I think this adds new mechanics that kind of makes fun out of something already in our lives. And I think it could definitely be worked on, but I think there's uh, stuff to do. I think it's a fun, because Session Zero is so like, uh, there's not, no rules behind it. I think this might be a fun option for DMs to take at the beginning of Session Zero. All right. So that wraps up the third question. Let me tally up some points here. Okay. How would you all like the breakdown? Question by question, um, or start with final scores uh, and then go down uh, the question list? Amanda, what order would you like to figure out that you won? <laughs> by six points. <laughs> um, yeah, let's start with that then. Okay, so the breakdown, um, Amanda, we had you at 20 points. Um, Jake came in second with 14 points, and Corey came in third with 13 points. Um, the breakdown of that on the first question, I had um, Amanda winning. Um, Jake came in second, and Corey came in third. Um, the specific reasoning for that, um, Amanda, you made a, a very nice balance of like the flavor and the mechanics. You went through some very specific abilities that you liked about it, and you did make the like you're you're talking to the head rules designer about something that would make money. Um, I liked that angle a lot, and you got a bonus point for that. Um, Jake, you got a bonus point for uh, appealing to my I like Icon and I like sorcerers. I liked your thing. Um, you did a good job with it. Um, Corey, also a good job. There were no bad showings on this one. I just didn't hear as much from you um, on why it should be pushed ahead of the others. Um, for the second one, I had uh, a tie between Jake and Amanda for first. I gave you both uh, six points. You had very well fleshed out UAs that I thought were about equal in terms of like addressing something that sure has some rules, um, but... Um, uh, but uh, expanding them out a little bit more. Um, there was a little bit of a balance. I thought probably diseases were more broadly applicable to most campaigns, but there were more rules for diseases already, so I had you all tying on that one. Um, and then for the last one, uh, the order I went, Amanda, I mean, you made a cool UA. Uh, Corey's, yours cracked me up. Um, Jake, I didn't really understand. Um, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't get whether this was like pre-campaign or whether this was like a concept for a campaign. Um, 
like a like a like a fantasy high style thing. Um, either way, good showing from everybody. Amanda, congratulations. Finally. Um, also, wait, you understood Corey's more than Jake's in that last round? Yeah, I did. Corey, that's a that's a victory for you. That's a W on its own. I, I mean, it was all Scott's idea. <laughs> I got the vision. <laughs> All right, perfect. So uh, tell us in the comments who should have won. I, I mean, this one was a pretty decisive one, guys. <laughs> anyway, Wizards of the Coast, I'll be applying for your internship next summer. Uh, look out for that. I, should I put some on my, on my CV or something? Hire yeah. me, please. All right, thank you, everybody. See you next week. <laughs>